Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of In Bloom Podcast, or welcome if you're new. My name is Abby Eslin and I'm the host of this podcast and this week we're going to be talking about the journey of self-acceptance and learning and practicing true self-acceptance in your 20s because it is truly quite the journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know I've talked a little bit about self-acceptance when I've talked a lot about values and embracing authenticity in a lot of my episodes because a lot of self-acceptance has to do with truly embracing who you are, knowing your values, and being authentic to yourself because without all of those things, you can't really practice true self-acceptance, but I wanted to dive deeper into self-acceptance this week. Because not only is it something that I think I've truly struggled with my whole life, but especially it's something that I can notice in hindsight that I struggled with. Like I knew in the moment that I didn't have the highest self-esteem when I was in high school, for example. And I knew that there were parts of me that I absolutely did not accept. And looking back, I can see it a lot more clearly and I can see the consequences of it a lot more clearly. And I can also just sort of see it all fold out whereas in the moment it didn't really feel I didn't really know what I was doing to myself by not practicing true self-acceptance and not accepting myself for who I was and making everything conditional on achieving certain things or being a certain type of person or looking a certain way so it's truly something that I think I've sort of uncovered the meaning behind and the impact it can have on your life more recently just because of how powerful hindsight can be and I really just wanted to talk about you know really learning what true self-acceptance is and how to practice it in your 20s and how we sort of go from this place of not knowing what true self-acceptance is and not practicing it to embracing it learning about it and truly embodying it so that's what this episode's or this week's episode is going to be about but I wanted to share the quote of the week which comes from Pinterest and it is absolutely perfect for this week's episode and it says no amount of self-improvement can make up for any lack of self-acceptance and I absolutely loved this quote because I can honestly admit that I am somebody who truly did not have the right definition of self-acceptance in my mind most of my life and I'm still working on it. Now I know the definition of self-acceptance. I know what it really is and what it really, how it should be in your life. And I hate saying how it should be because, you know, saying should for things just sort of imposes this sort of notion of performing for something. But in this instance, I'm really just saying, you know, self-acceptance is inherently something that should be objective as in you are accepting yourself unconditionally point blank period like that is what it is and I truly believed that self-acceptance for the longest time I would tell myself I accepted myself and I would tell myself that oh I love myself and whatever self-care all these things 
but I truly did it because I was really only paying mind to the parts of myself that got praise and the parts of myself that people showed the most attention to and valued and the parts of myself that I deemed were more worthy than others for whatever reason and the parts of myself that were just more agreeable and likable and that was all I accepted. I didn't accept anything past that. I didn't accept anything that maybe was less agreeable, less likable, less common, less, you know, popular, less worthy, whatever you want to call it. I just sort of shut those things out and I only accepted the positive things. But in doing so, I, you know, lost sense of myself and I didn't truly accept myself and I lost a lot of self-esteem and confidence in the process because I was only by only accepting the positive parts of myself, I was neglecting all of those negative parts and sort of that subconsciously tells me, okay, well, only these positive parts of you are good enough. And that sets up the situation where in your head, you're constantly being reminded that you're not good enough because you never accepted those things that you considered to be less than in the first place. And if you never accept those things, then you're never going to believe you're good enough because you're always going to be trying to check as many boxes as possible of things that are likable, agreeable, and positive. And you could be in an endless pursuit of doing that, but you will never fully practice self-acceptance and fully accept yourself if you're not also accepting all of those negative and less likable and less agreeable parts of yourself and it really does set yourself up for this endless chase of trying to achieve self-acceptance but you know it being something that's actually conditional because you're only accepting the positive parts and this quote is really and truly just the perfect reminder that no amount of trying to make yourself to be the most likable person or most agreeable person or improve yourself to whoever standard of perfection will make up for any self-acceptance that isn't already there. You know, you can't girl boss your way to true self-acceptance. You can't self-improve or use self-improvement as a way to get self-acceptance. You know, self-acceptance is unconditional and you have to know and truly, you have to know what true self-acceptance is and you have to actually fully accept all parts of yourself. And that is all there is to it. There's no tie between self-improvement and self-acceptance because you don't have to achieve any level of anything and you don't have to become a certain person in order to have true self-acceptance. So I just really liked that quote. And it's something that really just puts the whole idea of self-acceptance into perspective. And my goal this week is a little deep, if you will. Um, My goal this week is to believe in myself as much as I believe in others. I am so quick to assume the worst for myself and I'm so quick to sort of just live in autopilot with fear driving the wheel and really just make decisions based off of the idea that only the worst can happen. And I'm really trying so hard to just believe that I am deserving of great things and believe that I am capable of achieving the same great things that I see other people achieving. And it's hard because I truly don't think that I necessarily don't believe in myself it's just that I don't I don't know what it is because I know that I'm capable of great things and I know that I can achieve the things I set my mind to, but I think that I get so caught up in numbers, like how things are performing and just measurements basically, 
that it sort of convinces me that I'm not capable of doing certain things and that it just sort of convinces me to believe that things aren't going to work out the way I want them to and everything. But when it comes to other people, I'm so quick to be like, oh my gosh, they can do anything. Like they could literally run to the moon if they wanted to. And I would totally believe them, you know, just sort of that like absolutely delusional faith in a way. And I just want to have that same faith in myself and just trust that, you know, things will work out and I don't have to be in total control in order to feel okay with making decisions. And I don't need to, you know, feel like I'm only going to be okay if the optimal outcome is what happens. I need to believe that I'm going to be okay and that things will work out even if things didn't work out. But I want to believe that things will work out, if that makes any sense. I don't know. I know it's a lot and really confusing, but I just find that I am very quick to doubt myself and just assume the worst for a lot of situations. And I really want to steer away from that sort of mindset and my gratitude this week I am so thankful that there's only I really only have two more full weeks until my main deadline of the year my last and main deadline of the year is over and y'all it feels so good because if you don't know this I am a CPA full-time and the best time of year is like mid-October to end of December because there's just not really much going on in the world of tax at that time. And we're really just doing sort of internal admin type of things during that time. So it's like actually a true nine to five. You know, I'm not expected to be working overtime and there's just no pressure from deadlines during that time. And, you know, there's a holiday. So it's all around just a great time of year because work is so chill during that time, but then also because it's like the holidays. And I cannot believe it's already almost time for like the holidays, which I love the months of October and December. And I know things are going to be so crazy because that's when wedding planning is really going to ramp up for me since I'm getting married at the end of December. So with all of that being said, it's definitely something to look forward to. But I realized last night that I only have next week and then the week of the deadline and eat well oh my gosh wait no I only have one full week left between now and September 15th and you might be like what how well I have next week but then the week after that is we have Friday and Monday off for Labor Day which last year I had to work on Labor Day um, but I was able to take the Friday off I think partially I can't really remember maybe I didn't take you know what? No, I did not take the Friday off before Labor Day, I don't think. So scratch that. I did work on the Friday and Monday we were off, but I don't think I worked a full day on Labor Day. I think I only worked a few hours, but even still, it's not like a full work day, you know? As a firm, we get off the Friday before Labor Day and Memorial Day and then the actual Monday itself. So that's super awesome. So as long as I can like get work done, which I'm sure I don't want to speak it into existence that I'll have to work on either of those days, but my hope is that I won't have to. And with that being said, that makes a four-day work week the last week of August and the first week of August. And then the second week of August is the deadline week and the deadline's on a Friday. And I'm actually going to be out pretty much after 2 p.m. on deadline day because I have a wedding and then I'll be out the evening and the early morning of the 14th because I have to fly to where I'm going for the wedding and then have the rehearsal dinner. So I really only have one full week left, which is so amazing and incredible. And 
I am about to get really busy with one of my engagements because it's kind of just now starting, but thankfully it'll be really the only main engagement I have like fully running at the time and everything else will be kind of dwindling down, which is nice. And it's a completely different story from last year. Last year, I had so much going on this time. I We were in the process of looking for a home, buying our home, closing on our home, and um, we had just gotten engaged and work was crazy for me because I was kind of between different groups. So I was balancing like a lot of different engagements across different groups and different deadlines and everything and it was just too much like I was truly I was like I don't know how I made it through the week of deadline week because it was just so intense for me but this year I like a lot of my engagements we've been a lot more ahead but it's because there was a lot of new stuff last year in tax that we were doing for like the first time like certain forms and everything and now we like know what we're doing with them since we've done them once so we were a lot more efficient this year with that we knew what we were doing and we had the technology we needed to support us and everything. But with that being said, I thankfully most, a lot of my engagements have already wrapped up. Like things that I was absolutely in the weeds with during deadline week last year at this time, we've already pretty much filed for this year. So it's amazing. It's a great feeling to know that it won't be as intense and that things have been a lot more consistent and steady rather than. I had a little bit of a lull during the summer last year and then it was like really really intense for a month and this year it was like I've just been very steady throughout the summer instead of a lot more slow and as a result you know everything's just been slow and steady instead of like fast and all at once so and I appreciate that a lot more like I'd much rather it be that way because um, it's a lot less you know, stressful and everything. So I'm just really thankful for that. And it's so nice to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, because it's, it's been um, just a crazy year and everything. So I am looking forward to the main deadline being over. And of course I have um, Q3 provision in October, but that's just two weeks long. So I can, you know, power through that. But anyways, enough of talk about my job that y'all don't even care about. Sorry for all that rambling, but let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. So I want to start off by saying that growing up, we have so many unsolicited opinions and so much unsolicited advice thrown our way. And we don't realize it, but sometimes this can cause us to divert from our true selves, like I mentioned earlier, and not accept who we really are and what we really want as we start listening to those opinions and that advice and questioning our own intuition. And we start following the path of what we should do or who we should be, which obviously is not really practicing self-acceptance and if you don't have a lot of self-awareness at a young age which you know most of us don't when we're really young we're kind of just looking to the parental figures in our life and the you know people who are leading us like our teachers and everything for guiding us and that's what we're looking to and that's sort of what helps us shape our identity and how we you know see ourselves and define ourselves and even if you do have a lot of self-awareness at a young age relying on others unsolicited and even sometimes solicited if you've asked for it advice and opinions at such formidable ages can turn into a habit that is really hard to break and years later you'll find yourself looking back and realizing that one you don't truly know yourself as a result and two you haven't made any decisions that were true to your authentic desires and goals since you formed the habit of looking to others 
for what looks best and following that before asking what's best for you. And three, you always feel like you're never enough because no matter how many of the right decisions you make, I say right with quotes, (laughs) you have never truly accepted all of yourself since you've only focused on what is right or good to others. Therefore, never accepting all parts of yourself that exist and not practicing self-acceptance. And it's so hard to realize all of this when you become a true adult and are making decisions on your own and trying to figure out what's best for you. And you don't have that same sort of life rule book or predisposed path that is sort of laid before you when you're going through primary school. And you didn't really realize it was guiding you at the time when you were growing up, but in hindsight, we're able to look back and see how much easier it was to make decisions, even if those decisions weren't authentic to ourselves and even if they weren't an act of self-acceptance. It We always had some sort of overarching guide of, you know, you go to school, you make good grades, you go to college, you get an internship or you go to trade school and then you start working, like whatever it may be, there's always some sort of this is next sort of guide for you. But then once you become an adult in the working world, it's sort of just all up for grabs and things can go left, right, straight, whatever way, you know, and you don't really have that little guide. There is sort of the expected, okay, you know, buy a house, have a family, whatever. And that's like the traditional way of things to go but you know not everybody follows that path and even then all of that is still very vague so so then you become an adult and it becomes time for you to make all of these really big decisions and you don't have necessarily that what you should do right in front of you to guide you and you know there are things that you think are more socially acceptable and you know i'd say like working a nine to five and working in the corporate world is definitely more of the stable predictable safe and well-respected path but i think we're slowly but surely respecting you know freelance type of work a lot more which is great but all of that to be said you know there are paths that are generally more socially acceptable than others But we can't really gauge what's best for ourselves because we've been so used to looking to what would look best to others when we're making our decisions. And when you learn true self-acceptance, you can truly make those decisions without any regard to what other people may be thinking or how it may look to others. But it's really hard to get from a place of being so used to looking what others think of what you're doing And then move to the opposite end of the spectrum of true self-acceptance and accepting all the good and bad parts of you and what you choose to do in the moment and not, you know, looking or caring what others think. And I think caring what others think to a degree is sort of innate to an extent for all of us. And it's something that we all sort of naturally do but there's there's definitely a threshold where it's like okay you know the bare minimum of what we all do versus you know just caring way way too much about what other people think and I think that there's a sweet spot you can be in where you can sort of safely say that you don't really care what other people think and you don't look to it much but you still respect other people you know what I mean that's a little bit of a tangent but self-acceptance is about unconditionally embracing all parts of you positive and negative and it's not only accepting the things that others approve of or society encourages you to be 
which is what so many of us cling to as a result of all of the unsolicited advice and opinions that we received growing up. And we didn't know who we were. So we did the things that people told us were good and we shaped that into our identity and we shaped those things into our goals. But in doing so, we strayed further from our true selves and never learned how to practice true self-acceptance since we created this false shell of a person who only adopted things others believed were good and only accepted the parts of themselves that others believed were worthy and good and agreeable and likable. And you just sort of end up in this soul-crushing cycle of constantly trying to be an agreeable person to as many people as possible. And as a result, you end up repressing your true self along the way. And one of the biggest things that has always been in the way of true self-acceptance for me, which this is, I think, what probably most people struggle with when it comes to self-acceptance, is masking and ignoring the things I'm insecure about by seeking approval elsewhere and creating a false sense of self-acceptance. So what this looks like is, say there's something I'm insecure about or that I don't accept about myself, and because I don't accept that part of myself as I am in that moment, I look to doing something else, whether it's achieving a certain goal or having something, having a specific name brand item or something that makes me look a certain way to other people. So sort of compensating for the fact that I don't accept a part of myself. So maybe I don't accept the part of myself that has a lot of anxiety about money and is just just doesn't have the best relationship with money. What do I do as a result to try and mask that? I'm I'm rejecting that part of myself, right? And I'm not I'm not embracing it and I'm not accepting that that is something that I deal with and I don't have the best relationship with. So as a result, I don't accept that part of myself, but if I can go get this job that looks really good to other people or if I can, you know, own this certain car or have this certain name brand of something, then it makes up for the fact that I don't accept that part of myself. And that's not how it works or how it should work. But I found that that's sort of how my false sense of self-acceptance has manifested itself in my life. And it's not true self-acceptance because it's me rejecting the parts of myself that I'm uncomfortable with, that I'm insecure about, that I struggle with rejecting them and trying to mask them by, you know, covering it up with something else that is more agreeable or is looked at and respected more. And I just totally have can look back and see so many instances of this in my life where I was like, I'm not comfortable with this part of myself. I don't accept this part of myself, whatever it may be. So as a result, I'm going to put this other part of my life in the overdrive. And I think I really did that with school when I was in high school I just really put it in the overdrive because there were so many things that I really struggled with and that I was really insecure about and I've definitely talked about some of them but some of them I just probably won't talk about because they're just a lot more personal and there were just so many things that I struggled a lot with and in order to try and compensate for not accepting those parts of myself I knew that I was a very hard worker, I was very dedicated, and I could be a superstar in school if I put my mind to it. So I put that into overdrive, that little part of my life in the overdrive, because I knew it was very agreeable and likable, and I accepted that part of myself, but the thing is, is I knew other people accepted that part of myself too. So I really threw that area into overdrive in an attempt to cover up the other areas of my life 
that I didn't accept myself and I knew that maybe others didn't find as agreeable or likable either. So that's not true self-acceptance, but I think that that's the trap a lot of us fall into. So I wanted to talk about ways that you can practice true self-acceptance in your daily life. No matter how old you are, I kind of title this episode as in your 20s just because that's sort of the overarching umbrella of what I'm talking about in most of my podcast episodes is navigating your 20s. So that's kind of why I do that. But please know that when I say like in your 20s, I'm not saying it's only for people in their 20s. You can be 15 and listening to this and apply these things. You can be 35. You can be 65 and listening to it and still apply them. It doesn't matter. They're all going to be beneficial for you regardless. But I just sort of say that as a way to cater to what most of my episodes are about, I guess you could say. And honestly, majority of my listeners are in their 20s. So with that being said, the first way you can practice true self-acceptance is to unsubscribe to the idea that you need to fit into a certain mold, a certain box, etc. Whatever it is, whether it's physically, materialistically, or aesthetically, truly just in every way possible. And just remind yourself that there is no objective definition of normal or enough. And I think this one is so hard for us to detach ourselves from and for us to rewire our brains with because of social media. And we, with social media, there is certainly a specific image that is sort of respected as cool and respected as normal and just looked at as ideal, right? And any deviation from that can sort of be seen as not enough in a way but that's just not how it is you know we as we are in this current moment doing whatever you're doing as you're listening to me say these words right now you are enough i am enough as i am saying these words right now but we subconsciously tell ourselves through all of those unsolicited opinions and all of the unsolicited advice we've gotten throughout our entire lives from whether it's people we know or people we don't know, people online, whatever it is, and from all of the things we see on social media and all of the things that perform best on social media and all the things that are praised most on social media, we subconsciously end up telling ourselves that there is a certain mold that we need to fit into or a certain box we need to fit into in order to be enough and to be worthy and to just be respected as a normal cool person whatever you want to say for that but whether that's physically you know having a specific body type which that's just always been a huge issue just with the media and with social media now and just the way that even like advertising campaigns have been done in the past just in in so many different ways and on so many levels there have always been there's always been these pushes to you know look a certain way and then when you think of materialistically speaking we think that we're not enough until we've reached a certain level of success well how do we define success in our heads i think a lot of us what comes to mind is financial security a lot of money having the latest and greatest of everything whether it's house car clothes shoes you know name brand everything and we think that you know once we achieve those things then we can you know consider ourselves enough and then we can accept ourselves but that's not how it is that's not conditional and just as i've talked about conditional happiness in the past and you know basically putting terms on your happiness the same is true for self-acceptance you can't put terms on accepting yourself you can't say 
I'll feel enough and I'll be enough once I get this job or once I make this amount of money or once I have this name brand, whatever, because that's not what true self-acceptance is. And you truly have to decouple from the all of the different ways that we create sort of standards with physical, materialistic, aesthetic, everything, all of those different things. We create certain standards with social media and just with the people in our lives. And we have to just accept that wherever we're at in each of those categories, physically, materialistically, materialistically, aesthetically, emotionally, mentally, whatever, wherever we're at, we're enough as we are in that moment. And you don't have to fit into any sort of mold. You know, like you are your mold and your box. You don't need it to be fitting into anything else that is defined by someone else's standards and I think aesthetically speaking too I feel so much pressure as a content creator for my content to look a certain way and to be as aesthetically pleasing as possible and I think I cause so much inner turmoil for myself when you know my house is a mess and stuff is all over the place because I'm constantly thinking about the fact that it's not aesthetically pleasing for people who are consuming my content and it doesn't fit into the box of what I consider to be a good and successful content creator but you know what it's real it's how I am in that moment and I just need to accept that and I need to accept that you know I am enough as a content creator without the brightest and newest things and like the most clean and tidy space you know I'm a busy freaking person I've got a lot going on and I'm juggling a lot and so is my fiance and it's like we're how are we supposed to you know maintain the most tidy space ever and in order for me to have the best and most aesthetically pleasing background for content which I know this is like such a nominal thing like it genuinely does not matter in the grand scheme of things this is just a very very small example of this point but you know, I am enough as I am with the content I'm creating. And it's not like I have to achieve a certain kitchen, like the way my house looks. I don't have to achieve a certain level of cleanliness. I don't have to achieve a certain style of house. I don't have to achieve a certain wardrobe, which that's when I feel a lot of pressure with too, because I feel so much pressure to, you know, like just be linking all these things and getting the newest and latest and greatest things. But in reality, I'm not spending very much money at all on clothes and as a result you know I'm not having new things to share all the time and that makes me feel like a bad content creator sometimes and a, like I'm not you know really having a exciting and hype factor with my content because it's always you know the same things or I'm just renting my clothes or you know whatever it may be and you know I'm enough as I am and I don't have to fit into whatever little mold and Barbie doll version of content creating that I've created in my head based on society standards. And the next point is for really practicing true self-acceptance is to remember that your worth is not defined by your past decisions or mistakes. And to really just accept all versions of yourself, both both past and current. And I don't know why I said past and current. I feel like past and present is definitely more of the phrase to use there. But your past decisions and your past mistakes, they don't, that that's not what defines your worth. You know, you can learn from things, but you have to still be able to accept the versions of yourself that made mistakes. And, you know, remember and realize that we are human and that just because, you know, you messed something up in the past that doesn't mean that you know you can't accept your that version of yourself because chances are 
you were just doing the best you could in that moment with what you knew and with what you had. And that is something that, you know, you have to be able to forgive yourself for those things. You can't just hold eternally hold that grudge against yourself. Chances are, you know, maybe you aren't the most forgiving person in the world, but I can promise you that even if you aren't the most forgiving person in the world, you've probably forgiven somebody before. But why are you holding such a grudge against yourself? You know, you have to give yourself that same level of forgiveness that you're giving other people. And the next thing to do to practice true self-acceptance is to remember that just because someone may not understand or agree with you doesn't mean that you need to change. And just remember that the goal is to be yourself not to be an agreeable human being. This is probably the one I struggle with the most because like I said earlier, I really struggle with just making myself into this shape-shifting person basically. Like I feel like a little ball of Play-Doh that people just sort of take their hands to and well really people don't take their hands to. I feel like I'm shaping myself into however people want to use me as play-doh in order to be the most agreeable for that person in that moment but i'm doing it for as many people as possible as a result i have no true sense of myself because it's like i am this different person for so many different people so it's like who even am i at my core when i don't have somebody there guiding me and shaping me into you know what they need me to be at that moment and i'm really trying to learn how to just exist as i am as a ball of play-doh and not being shifted into something else and it's really really hard it's something that I definitely struggle with and just because there are parts of you that you know maybe somebody doesn't agree with maybe it's somebody that you you really value their opinion or something you know and it's something that is really hard for you to let go of but you have to remember that you know it's your life and it's your decisions that you're making it's and that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be making your decisions based on other people's opinions and trying to please that other person or do what they think is best. And this has become so evident for me with wedding planning because I will feel a certain way about something, but then somebody will like make a comment about it. And then I'm like, yeah, I need to change it then to like please that person. But it's like, it's my freaking wedding. But I'm like, for some reason, I just can't let go of the what other people think I should do and like what other people think is best or what other people feel passionately about and it's because I'm just always trying to be as agreeable as possible to as many people as possible and that's it's just not a way to live because you're never truly living for yourself when you do that and you're never accepting yourself as you are when you do that because you're telling yourself that you're only enough when you shape yourself into being an agreeable person or a likable version of a person to whoever it is that's what you're telling yourself when you do that and in doing so you're telling yourself that you know you're not enough as you are and you're not truly accepting yourself the good parts and the bad parts you're masking and ignoring and rejecting all of those bad parts and only putting the good ones on display or trying to accumulate as many good things or what people perceive to be as good things on display and just trying to really only show those things and that's just not a way to live because it's not authentic and you're not accepting yourself in doing that and it's so hard to tell yourself okay just because this person thinks this is best for me or just because this person has this opinion does not mean that I have to change and I am so quick to change the what I'm doing and you know change my decisions and just change whatever I can in the moment to 
be as in line with someone else's way of you know thinking and the way somebody else is wanting to live or wants me to live I'm so quick to change for that but I really just need to you know tell myself just be like no you know what you're fine as you are it's okay if that person isn't seeing eye to eye on you on this and you know there's going to be so many times in life where you don't see eye to eye with someone and you're just going to have to learn how to sit in that and accept that and then learn how to move forward from there it's you don't have to you know become a shapeshifter and literally become a different person just to be agreeable or likable and you don't have to change you know self-acceptance is like i said it's unconditional and it's in the moment as you are at that moment it's not oh, you're accepted once you change into this likable version or agreeable version. And you may for a moment get like a very brief sort of hit of, I don't know, just feeling good because you pleased somebody else. But in the long run, you're just going to keep doing that and you're never going to feel fully satisfied with yourself because you're not practicing true self-acceptance and you're instead just chasing those tiny quick little fleeting moments of pleasing other people instead of the lasting and sustainable feeling of true self-acceptance and with that will come so much more self-confidence as well and the next thing to do in order to practice true self-acceptance is to remind yourself that your inner critic is not necessarily objective and is not always right and really this just means to stop being so hard on yourself and to stop judging yourself so harshly what helps me with this point is actually verbalizing or writing out what I am saying to myself because I can sit there and tell myself, you know, oh, you know, you'll you'll never amount to this or you'll never become this or you're not good enough for this. But the second I say it out loud or I put it on paper, it really makes the weight of those words a lot more real and it no longer becomes this just sort of inner monologue that you're just giving way too much power to and once you give those thoughts a voice and you really are able to feel the weight of them you're a lot less likely to just believe everything that your head is saying to you i'm somebody that like always is believing what my head's saying to me and in an effort to you know not look at my inner critic as this absolute always right person I've been giving my inner critic more of a voice and like saying things out loud or writing them on paper to help me realize that my inner critic is way too harsh on myself and that my inner critic's not always right and it's my inner critic is definitely not objective and it's really hard because it's a very uncomfortable way of doing things and obviously it's a little time consuming too and it's a lot easier to just let your inner critic roll with all of the thoughts and not really pay any mind to them But it's so important to do something about that. You know what I mean? And self-acceptance for me is accepting that I have a very harsh, I'm very harsh on myself and my inner critic is very rude to myself. And that's something that I don't love and it does make me uncomfortable. But I accept that right now. You know what I mean? Like that's part of me that just is me. And once we stop judging ourselves so harshly and start embracing everything about us even the less agreeable or more negative parts we will not only trust ourselves more but our self-esteem and our confidence is going to be so much greater and we will care less what other people think as we practice the act of loving and accepting every little piece of ourselves, rather than trying to change things that we don't 
truly want to change just in order to be an agreeable or likable person. And self-acceptance doesn't even necessarily mean you accept every part of yourself and never change it though. It more so means that you acknowledge that that negative part of you exists and you accept it. And then you can ask yourself if it's something that you're cool with or if it's something that you want to work on changing. And if it is something you want to work on changing, then great, you can work on improving it. But like I said earlier, your self-acceptance is not conditional on you improving it. You know, you're enough as you are in that moment with that negative thing that you're wanting to change. And you improving it is only just going to cause you to, you know, have greater self-acceptance for yourself if you're improving it from a place of loving yourself and accepting that negative part of yourself. And, you know, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it from the perspective of, oh, I have this negative trait about myself and I hate it and I don't accept it, so I'm gonna try and change it. And chances are you're always gonna kind of end up back at square one of trying to, you know, change it if you follow that path. But then you have the other path of, I have this part of myself that I am uncomfortable with, I don't like, but, you know, I want to change it because I, you know, love myself and I want to take care of myself. And if you take it from that perspective, chances are, you know, you're just taking yourself to the next level rather than trying to change something out of hate and change something out of self-hate, I guess you could say. And maybe it's not something that you truly want to change and that's okay too. It's okay to have something like negative about yourself and just accept it and not do anything about it. Like I said, you don't have to change it and you don't have to partake in any form of self-improvement in order to secure that true self-acceptance. And the key to self-acceptance is knowing and understanding that in the present moment, we don't have to change anything and we do accept ourselves as we already are, all of the good and bad included, as I've said. And we don't have to change the parts of ourselves that are less agreeable or likable. And self-acceptance is truly just about embracing those parts of ourselves instead of trying to cover them up or reject them. And there's this paradox with this that I was thinking about as I was planning this episode. And I was like, I know I've like heard about this before because, you know, when there, there's, it's just a little counterintuitive when you think of the concept of wholly accepting yourself while simultaneously trying to improve yourself and simultaneously being really involved in self-improvement and really and like being an advocate for self-improvement. Doesn't that seem a little counterintuitive? It's like, okay, if I accepted myself fully, why would I think I need the change or why would I be so into self-improvement? And there's this article by Steve Rose that really explains this paradox in psychology really well. And the key here is really remembering that true self-acceptance isn't dependent on improving yourself or improving the parts of yourself that you don't like but in the article he says one might argue how can I accept myself as I am and still desire to change doesn't wanting to change imply that I'm not content with who I am this is where the essence of the paradox lies self-acceptance does not imply stagnation or complacency it doesn't mean you must remain as you are indefinitely instead self-acceptance is about acknowledging and appreciating yourself in your current state with all your strengths and weaknesses It's about ending the internal war of self-rejection and judgment. This peaceful acknowledgement, surprisingly, serves as the groundwork for genuine transformation. Once you seize the exhausting battle with yourself, you liberate energy and willpower for growth and change. I just love that little excerpt from the article because it really does illustrate and sort of break down the paradox really well. 
And once you reach the point of true self-acceptance, it ultimately propels taking action and making changes yourself into a place of self-love rather than self-hate, like I mentioned. So for example, improving your exercise routine and improving eating a more balanced diet diet for example because you want to take care of your mind and your body because you care about yourself and you love yourself rather than you know adopting a new exercise routine and a balanced diet because you hate the way you look one of those causes for change has a much more sustainable approach and trust me when i say it's the one that comes from self-love i know personally from experience you know If you're trying to do something and you're letting it be motivated by self-hate and just hating something about yourself and not accepting it, you're always going to be in this cycle, sort of like the excerpt said, of internal war of self-rejection and judgment. You're always going to come back to that root cause of what propelled you to sort of go after that change in the first place. And you're always going to come back to that initial why did I want to change? And then when you're asking yourself, why did I want to change? And you're constantly saying, because I hate the way I look. Well, that's not really accepting, you know, yourself. And you can really just take two approaches to this. And it's honestly a lot more complex than, you know, what I'm talking about here. And I'm honestly, you know, I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. This is just sort of what I wanted to talk about in terms of what I am doing to practice true self-acceptance, but I know from experience that doing something out of a place of rejecting yourself and hating yourself is not a way to create sustainable change because you're always going to find yourself unhappy and never really be doing it for the right reason because you did it from a place of hate. Whereas when you do something from a place of self-love because you care about yourself and you want to take care of yourself and you want to just love yourself even more, it's a much more sustainable way to achieve change. And I know from experience, like I said, there have been times in my life where I was, you know, trying to do really well in school because I hated other parts of myself so, so much. And there were times in my life where I was, you know, working out because I didn't like the way I looked. And it With both things, it created very unhealthy habits. But now I'm in a place where, you know, the way I work out and having a balanced, you know, just diet overall, though I do those things because I care about my body and I want to take care of my body. And I care about myself and my health because I know that taking care of my health now is something that will absolutely benefit me in the long run and it's so much easier for me to create these habits now than it will be when I'm way further into my career and you know once I have children and everything and I am doing all these things now because I want to take care of my present self and it's also taking care of my past self and all the times that I did these things out of a place of hate and it's also taking care of my future self so that I already have these habits established and Ever since I adopted that mindset, which I'd say I adopted that mindset probably over about a year or a year and a half ago, I have just absolutely, I don't know, my mindset, my desire to, 
you know, take care of my body and to exercise and do all those things. That's not from a place of, oh, I need to do this. It's, I want to do this. Like I want to incorporate this into my routine four to five days a week because it's something that I care about and it makes me feel good. And I, I love feeling good and I love taking care of myself and taking care of my physical and mental and emotional health and doing those things. And it's been so much more sustainable. And I've just noticed a world of a difference mentally with everything, with having that approach as opposed to the alternative. And it doesn't lead itself to unhealthy habits um, since it's not coming from a place of self-hate, if that makes sense. And the very last thing is acknowledging your weaknesses without berating yourself for them. And this one's also hard because especially if you're a perfectionist like I am, it's really hard to, you know, accept that there are things that, you know, you do fall short on. And no matter how hard you try, you know, like we just all have weaknesses. We're all human. But you don't have to judge yourself for them. This kind of goes back to the inner critic. You don't have to be so hard on yourself just because you have weaknesses. And a lot of times those weaknesses, you know, it's not necessarily something you're at fault for. And that's also important to remember. And even if you are at fault for something, learning to accept that, you know, you can be at fault for something and still accept yourself, that is true self-acceptance. And that can help guide you to where you're going and, you know, a much more healthy way. And acknowledging your weaknesses and accepting them, it's definitely difficult but you kind of just have to go from a place of oh I suck at this or I'm not good at this or I just have never proven successful in this one area of my life you can accept that without critiquing yourself for it and I feel like most of us we do like a little two-for-one combo when we do this. We tell ourselves that we suck at something or that we're no good at something and we're hard on ourselves for it or we criticize ourselves for it. And we start telling ourselves, you know, gosh, like, why can't you just be better at this or you suck because you can't do this well, whatever it may be. And all of those things are just too harsh on yourself because it's okay to have those weaknesses. You know what I mean? You don't have to change the fact that you have those weaknesses. You can accept yourself as you are with those weaknesses and still be enough and still be whole. And that's the hardest thing for me is, you know, if I'm not good at something, the perfectionist in me tells me that I need to perfect it. And that is me saying that that thought right there is literally me saying, I will not accept myself until I have perfected this weakness. And that is so unhealthy because that's not true self-acceptance. So I'm really trying to get to a place where, you know, I see that I'm not good at something. Say I'm not good at something at work. And instead of putting all of this energy into, you know, trying to perfect it. And, you know, I can change it if I want to, like I've talked about. But I can accept myself as I am. And I don't have to make my self-acceptance conditional on the fact of me becoming quote-unquote perfect at something you know what I mean and chances are I'm never going to be actually not chances are I know I'm never going to be perfect at anything anyways because we're all human and none of us are perfect so it's really hard to sort of switch your mindset with this because it's really easy to think oh I'm not good at something I have to fix that in order to be enough and it's all about asking yourself is that something I want to work towards Or is that something I care to change? If it isn't, then great. Accept yourself as you are with not being good at that thing. Like, for example, I thought that 
it was going to be most likable if I went into pre-med when I was in like college and early in college and mainly when I was like late in high school. I just felt like that was kind of shoved down my throat in a way, not by family or anything. I just felt like that was what I saw as society seeing most successful. So I was like, okay, that's what I want to go into. But I, I was good at chemistry, but that was, I like biology, anatomy, that kind of stuff. Absolutely not. Not my thing at all. And I had to just accept, you know, this is something I'm not good at and that's okay. I can accept myself as I am. I don't have to change myself to be good at that in order to accept myself as a human being. And I can have those weaknesses and still be enough. And, you know, if it was something I wanted to change because maybe deep down I really cared about, you know, I don't know, saving other people's lives as a doctor or something, then it's something that I could work to change. But I would have to tell myself, you know, I'm enough right now as is not being good at this and I want to become good at this because I know it will fulfill me and that would be a healthier way of looking at looking into improving myself and changing but then reminding myself okay just because I'm looking to improve this area it doesn't mean that I'm only going to be worthy and that I'm only you know I can only accept myself when I do improve that thing. So that is everything I wanted to share with you all in terms of the journey of self-acceptance and practicing true self-acceptance. And trust me, it is a quite the journey and it's definitely difficult and it's something I am working on a lot right now. And I feel like a lot of it is, a lot of it I struggle with because of the lack of self-acceptance that I had for myself when I was younger. So I feel like right now I'm trying to accept current me but I'm also really trying to just accept all of the past versions of me as well that I just never ever loved and cared for and accepted as they were so it's definitely difficult but it is a process and it's a journey and like I said always take all of this you know with a grain of salt I'm not like a professional by any means but I'm just sharing what I am personally working on like what I'm taking note of and what I'm really trying to like rewire with my thinking and everything for what helps and I'm not you know necessarily pulling all of this out of thin air a lot of this I do think about myself but then a lot of it you know I look to others for inspiration I'm like you know I'll look up how can I practice you know self-acceptance and then I see what works for me in my lifestyle and that's what I want to integrate and what I try to integrate and that's what I am sharing with you all and it's all you know subjective with what works for us and we're all different people so I hope you all enjoyed this episode and I hope it was helpful for you all and remember that you are enough as you are all the positives and all the negatives and you know you don't have to do anything and you don't have to be a certain person have a certain thing live a certain lifestyle in order to accept yourself as you are and you know self-acceptance isn't conditional based on achieving any of those things so i hope you all enjoyed this episode be sure to leave a review and follow in bloom podcast on instagram and if you want more content from me i post every week on youtube as well and be sure to give a review like i said and i will talk to you all next monday